Hello, uh, Jen Brister here. Uh, just before we start this episode, just to let listeners know that there might be some content in here that might upset some people. We do talk about sexual assault and rape. If you feel that this isn't something you want to hear, please maybe skip this one. Come back next week. We'll have another one for you. Um, otherwise, here you go. Also, just to let you know, it does sound a little bit like Maureen and I have recorded this episode in a cave. We haven't. Just in a very, very big room with terrible sound. But still, you know, you're used to that. Sure, come on, you, you, what do you expect, people? Flipping egg. Right, here we go. Here we go, Maureen Younger. Hello, Jen. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. And, um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going. Well, you sound quite sexy. What? You do. Well, anyways... Welcome to another episode of Droughtlander uh, with myself, Jen Brister, and Maureen Younger. Oh, we're getting just so good at this intro. I know, it's so now. professional. It's the best bit of the entire <laughs> podcast. And we're going to do two episodes, aren't we, Jen? So uh, we hope you had a good Christmas and a very lovely New Year. Blah blah blah. It's all over. Let's not discuss it again. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, that's Jen in a good mood. Oh God, I'm just over it. Oh, never, as soon as New Year's Day happened, I was like, "Get that bloody tree out of the house." Um, anyway, so we're here to discuss episodes eight and nine of our favourite Prime show, uh, Outlander. <laughs> and how are you finding them, Jen? Well, Maureen, Jen's got to admit something. I, I mean, I'm vaguely enjoying it, and there, there, there's still there's still so many aspects of it. I just think, come on! But I suppose that's part and parcel of Outlander, isn't it? One doesn't watch it for the naturalism. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not. It's not. Well, it's not Ken Loach would have. No. Ken Loach. I mean, Ken would have been like, "This is his bag." You, know you wait till the next movie. I am uh, Jamie Fraser. Hmm. Um, so we're, we're so, in Wilmington, Wilmington, everybody's in Wilmington. Everyone's in Wil- Wilmington, is it Wilmington? <laughs> Wilmington. <laughs> I was like, what's Wilmington? Oh God, I've missed something again. No, Wilmington. actually it's Wilmington. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's in, Wil- in Wilmington. Everyone's in Wilmington. But they don't know it. Okay, but can we just discuss how everybody got there? Okay. Everyone arrives in Wilmington. Uh, oh God. Anyway, so everyone has just arrived in Wilmington. We don't, no one really, we haven't even discussed Brianna's journey. No, they cut that out. They just sort of, but she just arrived and it all seems fine. <laughs> we don't need to know about the, what probably was quite a traumatic journey there. Um, but anyway, she's there. With her maidservant. With her maidservant. Lizzie. Lizzie, unbeknownst to her. So is Roger. Roger. He's looking for her. Roger is there. Who's looking for her. Who's obviously looking for Brianna. And, and we finally get to see Marcelie and um, Fergus and their baby called Germain. Marcelie and Fergus have just had their little baby. and uh, Yeah, you don't really see them this season, which is a shame. Yeah, well, maybe they'll pop up later. And then uh, Jamie and Claire have come to drop in, see the kids. And they're going to going a play. To, they go, they've been invited by His Excellency the Governor to go and see some dreadful play, um, which we will talk about later. So uh, anyway, so, the, so everyone's there. Everyone's there. It's a very heightened episode, and yet still a little dull. Um, <laughs> very heightened, still a bit boring. Um, now, I have literally just watched both episodes back to back, and I still can't really remember what happened. <laughs> Morning, take well, uh, Roger bumps into, he's looking for Brianna, can't find her, and then... Bumps he into Fergus. Bumps into Fergus, obviously they don't know each other, and um, then he bumps into, he hears her voice. 
He hears, he hears There's a very strong American accent. Uh, hello, excuse me. Would you be able to tell me how I can get here? And he's like, oh, I know that. <laughs> and they meet and hug. Brianna and... looks at Roger and at no point does she say, what the bloody hell are you wearing? No. She... Not only I don't think she saw the trousers at that point. I mean, like, literally, not only does she think it's, it's fun... I mean, I actually think it's more acceptable that he's come from 200 years so he's in wearing the future. those trousers. Yeah. <laughs> that is more believable and acceptable than those dreadful trousers. We should start a campaign, I think. Please, get rid of Roger's trousers. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I say that as a gay woman. <laughs> no sexual innuendo. No innuendo. I would happily rather see him in his pants than those bloody awful trousers ever again. Anyways... Uh, at first I'm really happy, then she gets a bit annoyed, like, what are you doing here? It's like, ooh, why do you think? Because obviously he's come to... But he, ha he has this whole... I mean, okay, it should around. be romantic, shouldn't it? It should be like, I've come 200 years in the future. But why do you think I've come here and all this? And they get but there. he gets... You know, everything between them is so bloody aggro, isn't it? And, oh, I don't think you left me, and I had to find my way here, and blah, blah, blah. I risk my life. I to risk my life. And then, anyway. So then they go outside. Roger is annoying. They go out. So is Brianna. They go outside, and then he kind of drags her away. And the maid obviously thinks he's being a bit too uh, assertive and a bit too um, manhandling her. So he, she thinks he's a bit of a dangerous man. Yes. Yeah, so they're outside, and he's like basically they're having a row, and he is being really in her face, grabbing her. Brianna's pushing him away, and so from her maid. But then she tells him that she loves him. Is it, well, this yeah, is but, but the maidservant doesn't hear that. She just sees two people having a row and what looks like a man who's being very aggressive and very... Yeah. And then, handsy. Handsy. And then they go into a shed, which luckily nobody seems to be using. That's oh, this is brilliant. So, right, so they go in the shed that no one seems to be going into, but it's very big. And it's got a fire. How many sheds do you know? Right. Oh, it's got this a fire. It's got a fire. <laughs> it's got a leather sofa, which will flatten out into a bed. It just happens to have lots of rugs, lots of fur rugs, <laughs> lot of furnishings, fur blankets, <laughs> soft furnishings everywhere. I mean, it is essentially a shed where you go to work. It looks like, you know, a shed made of wood. You don't tend to have that many fires in I wood, wouldn't start a fire in a shed <laughs> made out of wood. It's like a flipping accident. What, what, what shed has a fire? I, don't I, was I, like, I couldn't work out. My dad's had quite a few sheds and there's never been a big fire. I was, I was like thinking, is it the blacksmiths? A blacksmiths wouldn't have a fire as shit as that. Anyway, so, so, so Brianna reveals that she's in love with... Uh, uh, Roger, Roger takes it. He's like, I can't believe it. Now they just can't get enough of each other. It's snogging, snog, 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 snog. Then she goes, but, but you wanted all of me. And you think, oh god, not this argument again. I thought, oh, oh, Roger, do you, I thought you wouldn't want to have sex with me unless you had all, all of me. me. And then he he's suddenly like, remembers. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Damn, absolute note. You get a fair point. And he was like, no, that's right. I can't, I can't sleep with you until I have you. And then she goes, but until I own you, basically. Basically, the whole thing is Roger wants to own her because he's a backward prick. Okay, it's the 60s. I mean, anyway. honestly, the whole time you think, you're, even if you marry her, you don't own her, mate. Anyway, he doesn't seem to understand this. Right, so, um, and then she goes, yeah, but I, I want, I want, I want all of you. I want all of you. So they get hand-fasted, which is basically a way of being married, but you're not. You're well, married for a year and a day, aren't you? That's the thing. So he was like, well, would you marry me? And she was like, yeah, I would. I would marry you. And he's like, oh my God, okay, let's do this hand fasting thing, which means obviously you can't get married now, but this is basically what they did in the Highlands when the people couldn't find a church or couldn't get to a pastor or whatever. 
And so they would do this hand fasting thing, which would mean that they were essentially betrothed without being officially married. Is yeah. that the thing? Yeah, and they, it would last for a year and a day, and then you decide. So, so they are... Hand fasted. They're hand fasted, which in, I guess in the Highlands means you're married, but anywhere else means nothing. That's what I'm thinking. If I was Brianna, I was like, mate, I am from the <laughs> 60s Boston. This means nothing to me. I'll go by. So anyway, then they have the sex scene. Oh, God. How did you find it, Jen? I just... So I know you love the sex scenes in Outlander. Well, fortunately, I wasn't on any kind of public transport. <laughs> for time. once. So for once, I was watching a sex scene on Outlander and I didn't have a man next to me eyeballing my screen. Um, so, well, basically, Roger is fully... It's, I mean, they're having sex and he's still wearing those trousers. No, he had the trousers No, off. but in the, pre, in the preamble... Okay. The preamble, he was still in the trousers okay. and she was still hot, thinking, oh, Roger, oh, Roger. I'm like, Roger, mate, take those bloody trousers off. Anyway, I digress. What did you think, Maureen? Um, well, they kind of, I think they tried to kind of relate it to Jamie and Claire's first night. I mean, obviously, that was a better... Better one because I've got Sam Human in it. You've got Sam Human's bottom in, in it. it. Yeah, that I mean, in, that was no right. disrespect to Richard Rankin, but he's no Sam Human, is he? No disrespect to Richard Rankin. No one is Sam Human. Yeah, that is true. Sam Human. Um, so, but, so they, t- they let's not body shame Richard Rankin. He's no, a lovely looking chap. But he's very well. He's got a lot of charm and there's uh, too much nipple. That's what all I want to say. Is what do Brianna's nipple? Do we need to see poor that poor actor? Do we need to have a close up of her nipples like that? Do we? I don't. know. Could we not just do the the boob shot. This, what happened to side boob shot? That was, <laughs> do you remember for years, all you got was a bit of side boob, and then all the actor yeah. had to do was go, there's my side, there was never nipple. You never saw nipple. Well, you know, it was, it, was kind, it was kind of, on. it was very, I thought it was quite sweet. I mean, I mean was, honestly, if I had a body like that, I'd probably get my nipples out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No? No. No, no do you know what? I, like, no, I, I once, wouldn't. I once got an agent and said, would you do nudity? And I went, no. And she went, one boob? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that would be weird. <laughs> what is that actress oh. only got one boob? I'm sorry, but that's what my contract said. And it's like, why would it bother the It's like, oh, don't mind one boob out, but it's not two. It's like, I mean, <laughs> you don't want to do nudity. You don't want to do anything, do you? Oh, the worst one, one flap. <laughs> yes, one flap is fine, as long as you don't have the The worst one was in Germ- a German play where I refused to do a sex scene. I said, you know, it's not even open for discussion. And then I saw the guy was meant to have the sex scene with, and I thought, livid. I was like, I've never had to do a sex scene. Stand-up comedy doesn't demand that. Um, <laughs> rarely are you at a gig and they demand well, any gig- nudity or sex, which is well, you never gig with Louis C.K. So that was yeah, unless you're in, a, in the green room with Louis C.K. and then that's a different story. Let's move on. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. I, I think because the, the you know the first up with Claire and um, Jamie, it was all kind of very sweet because he was the virgin, so it was kind of turning it that trope on its head mm. who she is but I, I, I thought it was very nice very sweet um, I found it just I, I mean ugh I don't know I just it was too, I'm too long just, too long I think these scenes are always a bit too long just I think but that's I, what Outlander that's why people like Outlander isn't the sex scenes because they do a lot of foreplay and stuff which they don't tend to do in a right lot. well I mean he did go down on that that was, yeah, come on, that, must, that was good 10 points 10 points out of how much I don't know 100 <laughs> I'm, I'm very demanding. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to give Roger 10 out of 100. <laughs> no, no I think, you know, going down first as a bloke, doesn't that, that, that does score yeah. a lot of points. Also, when she was going to go down on him, he did, he did say, look, you don't have to, didn't yeah. he? He didn't I go, mean, that you better bit, get down there. That was a bit unrealistic, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, would, I mean, 
Apparently some women like it. I'm always looking at me, wide eyes, as if to say, no, they don't. <laughs> well, look, all I'm saying... No, I'm just surprised that you're t- discussing this. Well, I'm not... I, it's amazing. As an expert. As a ma- it's amazing what my heterosexual friends feel like I need to know. And <laughs> often, because I'm not keen on the uh, old downstairs department, they're like, Jen, not everybody doesn't like it. I love it. In fact, I love going down with my boyfriend. And you're like, huh? okay, too much information. <laughs> So, moving on. Brianna seemed to be A-okay with Rogers. She seems to be very keen, doesn't she? And they're very sweet. I mean, I just worry about... He's been in those underpants and those trousers for a really... He probably isn't in underpants, though. So it's the 18th century. All right, okay. So, he's been in those trousers for a really long time. He hasn't washed. No. I just... Would you... You'd be like, yeah, you darling... Can, can you go to the... Yeah. Go have a scrub down and then I'll think about it. Yeah. But anyway, they didn't... She's young. She's naive. She's in love. What also, no one's been cleaning their teeth, have they? There's no fluoride. That was one of the things I kept thinking. Brianna's teeth, absolutely lovely. As all good Americans do, have great teeth. Um, And I thought, if I was coming to the 17th century... You'd get some toothpaste. I would. I'd pack a a lifetime supply of toothpaste. More than a flipping peanut butter and jam sandwich, let me tell you. Wouldn't you? Some deodorant, maybe? A bit of shampoo? I certainly would have packed for at least a two-week holiday. (laughs) Because you can really make that toothpaste last. You can. You can. Maybe not a decade. Really but. mean. But, um, and then while they're busy having sex, her parents, Brianna's parents, off to the theatre to see an absolutely dire play, aren't they? Yeah, I don't, you, you're not told what the play is. No, it's awful. And then she meets George Washington, doesn't she? That oh, was a bit... God, that was bloody stupid, <laughs> isn't it? This is Mr. George Washington. The oh, George, George oh, did you Washington. cut down cherry trees? When, as a child, did you cut down cherry trees? <laughs> What? I mean, it's a famous expression saying, also I've heard. <laughs> the idea being that we know that George Washington used to cut down cherry trees as a child because in history books, but I obviously there was no that, way she should know that. I hate that kind of dramatic irony stuff. I, in stuff, I, um, anyways, that kind of... And then they all had to pretend like, hmm, mm. how strange for her to say that. And so, anyways, um, Jamie finds out that the governor knows that Murta is about to attack his tax. He knows tax. that Murta is one of the Le- ringleaders. Yeah, so what are they? They're not insurgents. Regulators. Regulators. They're trying to, like, um, basically stop paying tax or pay less tax or pay regulated tax, which is perfectly reasonable. And so they're going to basically uh, uh, rob a, um, a carriage carrying all the taxes, basically. But in fact, it's actually got full it's of redcoat soldiers. It's a trap. It's full of redcoat soldiers with. Um, uh, guns, uh, it's a trap. So there's somebody within Murta's uh, uh, ring of, um, you know, regulators is a, is a traitor or is a snitch or whatever you call it. And so uh, basically now Jamie knows that Murta's going to surely hang for sure. Yeah, if not get killed. So he's got to get out of there. And how he does it is there's a guy that's got a hernia. So Jamie knocks the hernia. Honestly. And then... So wait a second. Before that, we meet a chap. We are introduced to a guy who has a hernia or some kind of thing. Which Claire... and Claire immediately knows what it is because she's a surgeon. <laughs> and the guy uh, uh, is in a lot of pain. and uh, uh, Not it, just from watching the play. Yeah, and in order to distract so that Jamie can make a, you know, a, I suppose, a, a, not a getaway, but can cr- create a diversion so that he can get a message sent to Fergus, he basically elbows this poor guy's hernia <laughs> as hard as he can and he's a strong man. And then says, oh, I'm so well, sorry. Actually, sorry. This bloke is now like... In agony. In agony. Can't even see. Of course. Claire goes to operate the, in the theatre. No, don't worry. The play's in over. In the ball now. gown. The play's over. 
People have been talking the whole way through the plays. One of those plays, it's about that time when if you put on a play, it was a bit like doing a comedy gig. People could shout <laughs> stuff at you. Wasn't it? it was, oh, yeah. this is horrific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, people went to be seen rather than watch the play in those days. So people were just shouting stuff at these poor actors. No one's really listening to them. Just as well the play ended. But panic not, as we know, Claire is a surgeon, and what does Claire do but save the bloody day? So she basically she she uh, managed to operate in the theatre lobby in a white ball gown, which, by the way, doesn't get a spot of blood on it. I mean, she cuts this guy open. Right? <laughs> I can't even eat a cheese sandwich without getting some butter on my dress. I, absolutely, <laughs> that's what I thought. I thought if Maureen would could be, I mean, honestly. You don't want to eat a bowl of spaghetti with morning. You don't know where it's going to go. Most of it will be flicked onto your top. She has literally cut a bloke open in a white ball gown and not even a speck of blood to touch the ball gown. In fact, there's only a smattering on the tips of her fingers. I mean, it's just absurd. Yeah, and she does all this surgery. And the fact that in, 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 in 18th century... There would not let a woman America, get near him. never let a woman cut a bloke open. In a million years. No, you never have so, As a woman, you're not even, you're barely allowed to speak, let alone have any kind of authority. So anyway, but obviously this being Claire, she does her matron thing and everybody just obeys her, including the governor. And obviously she saves the day. And while she's busy saving his life, Jamie pops out, gets Fergus to uh, find Mert. This is another thing. Mm. Fergus knew exactly where Myrtle was hiding. How did they? I mean, there is a that? long road. <laughs> Between New Bern and Wimbledon. I mean, literally, anywhere along this road they could, could be have been where they were hiding to, um, uh, you know, attack, uh, attack this uh, carriage. Uh, anywhere along that road. Imagine, it's miles long. Miles. And it's a forest at night. And, and it's pitch black. And it's just like flipping a band away all over again. He just, Fergus rocks up just at the spot. Hiya. Just as much as about to go, right, let's get him. Fergus... Taps him on the shoulder. This is because they've got no sentries. Or... <laughs> so they're really aware of who's yeah. around them. They're just able to just walk straight up behind To a murder. gang of you know, murderers. No one stops Fergus. Uh, just say, uh, Jamie says that this is a trap. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this shit up. You really can't. Well, somebody has. Actually, that's a good point. I mean, you can't make this shit up. This is exactly what this is. It's complete fiction. So anyway, um, that danger is averted. Mercer is then not um, captured and, uh, you know, uh, either murdered on the spot or killed later on. So... Um, let me go back that... to the two lovers. Oh, God. Let me go back to... have another argument. Roger and Brianna. Roger lying there post-coitus. Brianna's not sure if Roger's enjoyed it because he hasn't said anything. Like, that's, that's men for you. She clearly is a virgin. <laughs> and he's like, no, don't worry. Don't pa panic not. I That's quite thoroughly normal. enjoyed I mean, it. To be honest, she, she, ten mark, another 10 marks him for being awake after sex. Well, he was barely, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, we still. don't know how long that nap had lasted. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, they're there lying in there. No one's come into the shed, by the way. Still. Still no one's in the shed. By the, by the fire, which is still lit. Nobody's worried about why there's smoke coming from the shed. No, uh, uh, and, and this is a shed that clearly people work in. Nobody that works in the shed comes in. The rugs are still lying on the leather sofa, which is flattened out into a bed. It's all perfect. So until Roger kind of lets There are no slip. mice in this shed. Yeah. Or anything else. Uh, Roger lets slip that he knew about the obituary. Yes, so he had already read that obituary with the smudged date, so he knew uh, that uh, um, Claire and Jamie died in this fire. And Brianna is, is livid. 
livid ballistic. I mean, I thought disproportionately so. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. She doesn't really give him a chance because he goes, you know, I did want you, you know, he doesn't want her to go back, which is kind of understandable. I mean, he is a complete bellend, but he has come 200 years I in know. the past. I know, you know, come all that way. Not only that, he's come, managed to get from Inverness to, to North Carolina to see her. I mean, it's quite a big... It's quite an effort. I mean, you know, nowadays you feel grateful if a guy texts you back off, you know, within three well, days. Well, I mean, Maureen always used to tell me if you're lucky to get on a second date with a bloke <laughs> if you had to change twice on the tube. <laughs> it's true. I mean, if you live in London, you're, you're like, like oh, what, does he live in South London? Oh, I'm not oh, doing that. He's on a bus route. Leave it. But, um, so yeah, and she does like, he goes, yeah, I did, no, I did want you to be, I wanted you... And it's quite fair. He did, you know, he told her she, they would, they'd found each other. She was happy. He didn't want to upset her. I mean, also, any which way you look at it, they're dead because it's two hundred years in the future. So they they always kind of died. Dead anyway. They're dead anyway. They died. Of course they died. And also, and that's kind of what he says. He was like, she was like, you never told me my mother died. She was like, well, your mother was dead, dead. because it was. And then, but he makes dead. the mistake of saying that he confided in Fiona, which obviously really annoys um, a woman that he's confided. You know, that he's confided in another woman. But so he does make a good point that Fiona knew about time travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like, you know, and, and Brianna doesn't hear any of that. And also he goes, and then she, she goes, so you want me to do what you say? And that's not what he says. He just goes, you know, I'm your husband, you should listen to me. But it's not like he's saying you've got to do everything I say. Oh, yeah, but that bit was annoying. I'm yeah. your husband. It was a little bit. It was leaning on that you need to I, kind I, of... I, I just think he was saying, look, you should listen to what I've got to say. I don't think he was saying you've got to do everything I say. But that's what she read it as. And then they had that stupid thing that people do, and I've done it as well, where you both end up doing something that neither of you want, but you're too immature. To... <laughs> I've Isn't never it? done that, more. <laughs> Actually, never done that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, but you're too immature and you're too proud to go, actually... Because she doesn't want him to go. He doesn't want to go. But of course, they've got in that situation where he goes, right, well, I'm going to go if you want me to go. She's like, I'm not, you know, that's, if you want to go, you... And just like, he says, oh. do you want me to go? I'll go if you want to go. And she's yes. like, I, no one's keeping you. No one's keeping you. Which is not saying go explicitly, but also so isn't not saying, saying stay. stay. So, so he's, he, goes. he goes. She's really upset that he's gone. He's really upset yeah, that he's, he's had to go. go. I mean, it's just... But it's like, it's that kind of it's, stupid situation. Normally what would happen is you go away. What... What always happens, and I, I've heard this from friends, because clearly I would never do this, <laughs> is you have that row when neither of you back down. One of you storms off, then, you, then you, 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 you think about it for about half an hour, and then you think, this is a terrible decision I've just made. I'm just cutting off my nose to spite my face. This is what my friend would have said. And then you go back in, don't you? And you go, okay, so I'm sorry. Does that help? Does that help if I say I'm sorry? And then hopefully you work it out. They don't do that. They're like both more quite immature. But you know, like, I think for, for Brianna's justification, she's young, she's in love. It's the first time she's had sex, so she's feeling very vulnerable. She really seemed to enjoy it for the first yeah, she time. She seemed to really enjoy it. But um, you know, and he is the adult in the room, so he should really be more grown up. But they both they're both as bad as each other. Oh, so they both they? really got my tits in this scene. Anyway, so so they go. Roger buggers off, and then the night this, gets worse. This sets off a chain of events that could have been avoided had they not had that stupid argument. Because what happens next is Brianna goes and into an tavern. inn, yeah. into a tavern. Bumps into Steve. Why is she at the tavern? Because she's, 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 she's sleep staying in. Right, so the tavern that she's sleeping in, she is stopped by who, Maureen? Stephen Bonnet, who asked her, him, her to blow on his ring for good That's luck. That's not a euphemism. No. Um, um, actual ring. And, and, then, and then she recognised it as her mother's, because you know, obviously Jamie got it made specially, so it's a one-off. 
her and mother's goes, wedding ring. She goes, can I buy it off you? And he goes, and she, you think he's saying yes, and he takes her to this room. Well, he says, I don't like to haggle in public. Yeah. So let's go and let's do this haggling in private. Of course, you know what's going to happen. You know he's going to be after her. So... Uh, can I just end the book? It's more horrific because it's really graphic. Well, so I, just, I really was not looking forward to this. And I I'm thought glad they dealt, we didn't see it. I thought they dealt with it. I, th- I thought they did it really, really well because I was like, when I read it in the book, I was like, oh, I really don't want to see this. Yeah, I mean, let's not let's gloss over this because I. I but they of... dealt with it really well because you just don't, you don't see it. Thank God, all you do is you hear her yeah, screaming I mean, it's, it, and everybody just ignoring. Everyone's it. ignoring the fact, and we all know what's happening inside there. So, um, and that's how it ends. Is that how it ends, or does? Yeah, it... she just walks off. She walks. He gives her the ring. He gives her the ring back, I and we take my pleasure. And we, he, so he gives her the ring, and we know that she's been sexually. Well, she's been raped. Raped. Well, she's been raped, uh, and uh, and she's in shock, and also she's in a huge amount of pain. And we see her staggering out, but she does manage to have. She does have that ring, and then she goes up to her room. That's the next episode. It uh, finishes on her just walking. Oh, off. right, and then that's how it ends. Right, Maureen, well, let's move on to the next episode. So, so Birds and the Bees. That's episode nine. Yep. And, and episode nine, what happens? Birds and the Bees, well, obviously we see the uh, Brianna get back to the room. So we see the aftermath of what's happened. So she's in the room and her Lizzie, her... Her maid. Maid. Obviously see she's in distress. She notices she's been bleeding. She can tell she's... because it's, it's, She's bled sex. through her petticoats. And also she she's can been bruised. smell the... Mm, yes. Yeah. And so she know, and she, obviously she thinks, she assumes it must be the guy that she went off with, which is obviously Roger. And then uh, Roger the next morning is trying to find her, so to make amends. Roger wants to make amends. But unfortunately bumps into Stephen Bonnet. And Stephen Bonnet tells him that actually, and sadly, he can't stay in Wilmington. He must go to Philadelphia with them. Because whilst he thought he was his journey ended there. He was like, what is it he, he said? He said something like, no, you, you have to, you've got to finish the, the, the trip and if you don't, you lose a limb. It's the girl or the limb. What would you rather? So he goes, but you know what, you can see that Roger's changing because I think he's getting a bit rough around the edges now. Like when he looks at Bonnet, I think he's, he's toughening up because he's an Oxford Don, theoretically, isn't he? Yeah, he doesn't seem that put out, actually. He's like, oh, all right. I'll just, oh, I've know, always wanted to go to Philadelphia. No, he's a bit put, he's obviously put out. And he says, he leaves a message for Brianna. And then Brianna finds out that he's gone. She assumes that he's left, he's done what she's, he, he said he was going to do. He's gone back to, he's going to go back to Scotland and go through the stones and leave her. So she's uh, broken hearted because obviously she's missed him. But then she gets some good news from Lizzie. Oh, the good news is what is that, it, well, a chap called Jamie Fraser. No. Yes, the very same chap happens to be in Wilmington at this very moment. And where is he? He's just round the corner having a wee. <laughs> I know. He's having the greatest of starts. So she runs around to find him. He's having a piss. He doesn't wash his hands. Um, he's having it against the flipping more, shed wall. Yeah. And probably the that same. Shed. The very same shed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway there's only one shed in the whole of Wimbledon uh, anyway he assumes she's a prostitute and he goes I'm sorry I'm married and all that and she goes I'm looking for you he looks a bit suspicious I think he thinks it might be a trap and then she goes uh, have you got a message for me he goes and she goes yes I'm Brianna I'm Brianna I'm your daughter and I'm your I thought that was a really I cried that was a really lovely scene but you didn't cry um I did find that scene quite emotional because the two actors looked quite emotional so you, do you know they never rehearsed it 
That was the first time we acted together. Well, it's quite interesting because Brianna's obviously been in the series for quite a while, uh, in the last series. And then Jamie, obviously, Sam Hewen has been in it from the beginning. But it's quite interesting that they've been doing stuff side by side in the same series and then they finally come together. So it was quite nice. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, you look at him and <laughs> you think, there's no way you're, his, you're her dad. <laughs> She had to twelve. Oh, I was a bit me that I wondered if she looked at him and went, Whoa. <laughs> You're a little right. I can, can see, see why my mum came back. I can see why mum came back for these. Oh, I muscles on that. But, but that's a different series. That's, that's a different, that's an altogether different show. That's Game of Thrones. Yeah, you might find that on YouTube. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so. I thought that was a really lovely little scene. When it he... was lovely, I agree. It was very uh, heartfelt and warm, and yeah. uh, it's the kind of thing I like. Because that's the thing that Jamie's been longing for for ages. And then, of course, they're going to get Claire. And I thought Balfe was very good as well when she yeah. sees her daughter and they all meet up and everything. Um, and then they head back to uh, Fraser's Fraser's Ridge. Ridge. And then we notice that. Uh, Claire's noticing there's something not right oh, about before Brianna. That, um, she finds out Brianna finds out from Ian about Stephen Bonnet, and that he was the man who stole Claire's ring, uh, and also the man obviously that raped her, and that Jamie feels really bad about the fact he feels guilty because he obviously let James Stephen Bonnet escape, and so she realizes she can't tell her parents about the rape because Jamie would feel worse and would try and seek revenge. So she's got to keep the rape quiet. So that's quite an important. Yes. So. Uh, Time passes as it does on Fraser's Ridge, and the time is the time is shown to pass by the feeding of goats, and the, I don't know what she's doing. She's got a stick and she's yeah. putting it in a. I don't know what she's doing. Is it like cleaning clothes? I mean, all of the all, all of the all of the stuff that they do looks horrific. Like at one point, she's Claire is cleaning clothes on one of those clothes racks. Mangles. On those, no, no, not a mangle. That sort of a washboard. She's clean. My mum used to do that. Yeah, but you wouldn't do it with a smile on your face. I mean, you'd have, your fingers would be red raw. It's just miserable. But, but may right. I say, all of the linen that they hang on the line is whiter than white. I mean, Purcell couldn't get you a fucking curves that one. She's very good at rubbing. But you're right, Jen's right, that uh, Claire realises that something is wrong, but she's obviously not sure what. And, um, and then Claire and Jamie uh, go... Je uh, not Claire and Jamie. Jamie. Claire and Jamie go sh shooting, don't they? And she mentions her father. Well, you can see Jamie's She's start, a great shot. And which Jamie's surprises like, him. how on earth are you such a good shot with a gun? And she's like, oh, my dad. My father. My father. And he kind of starts. Oh, and he was, that's a bit of a blow to the old gut there. Um, and uh, so she reveals that she knows that, her, you know, her dad taught her how to, 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 to shoot. And then you, you, you feel like there is a sort of... Something there's something not right between their relationship, is there? No. So Claire suggests they go hunting together. So they go bee hunting, and I thought again, this is a really lovely scene when they go bee hunting, and she talks about how she feels disloyal to Frank just being there, and he's got, and he's he's because he's such a good man. He goes, you know, I'm obviously not replacing your dad, and your dad was a really great man to look after you and everything, and. And he talks about her being his heart and soul and all this. You're my flesh and blood. You're my heart and soul. And then she goes, what can I call you? He goes, and this is quite a nice, this is from the book. Oh, you can call me Dar. And she goes, is that Gallic? And she goes, no, it's just simple. Yeah. That's another thing that's quite interesting. Just to go back, and this is completely not connected to that scene at all, but it's just made me think of another thing. Oh, that yeah. I was like, what on earth is going on? Wouldn't most of the people, the Scots people in North Carolina, when talking to each other, speaking Gallic? 
Um, and when Roger arrives and cannot speak Gaelic, wouldn't they be like speaking to him in Gaelic and he would be like, mate, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, that's true. Actually, apparently a lot of slaves before the, before the Civil War spoke Gaelic because a lot of the slave owners was, were... Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have been talking English. No. No, anyway. But Claire say. would be talking because Claire doesn't speak there. Gaelic. So. Well, she would... But the, she, the thing is, she would speak Gaelic because she wouldn't have survived that long with a load of people who exclusively Look, we've speak had this before. Gaelic they're not and not a, be able to speak they're Gaelic. They're not going to have a major TV programme in Gaelic, are they? It's not BBC Alba we're talking about. Do you know stars. what they could have done? They could have done a little bit where he has to come in and try to speak to someone in English and they speak back to him in Gaelic and he goes... Oh, I don't know what you're seeing. And then there'd be subtitles. And then the next three episodes is just Roger studying okay, Gaelic. Okay, this is what this is why Joan isn't allowed to produce TV programs. <laughs> to see him with a book, learning his I Gaelic. Mean, to be alphabet. fair, if it was in Gaelic like that, I would be the one person watching it. You would be more. <laughs> you would the only be. person. And this watching. podcast would have ended. Um, and then, um, oh, and then what happens? What then so. Happens? Uh, uh, Oh, we have that scene, Jamie and Claire, and he's like, and this is like all about parental love, which obviously Jen can relate to, I can't, where he goes, I don't want her to go back. And Claire goes, but she's got to go back because you know, she's got more opportunities and it's safer for her. Yeah, and her future's there. Her future's You've got there. to let her go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but then. Then, so, so Claire kind of knows there's something not right. And, it's, and, and Jamie thinks it's because she's lovesick for Roger, but Claire's like, she knows no, her daughter. And she says to her, there's something, it's not just Roger, what is it? And she goes, no, she goes, is Claire the master doctor just takes one <gasps> oh look at her? Oh my God! Takes one look at her and goes, how far gone are you? You think, Christ, that's, I mean, that is some kind of medical knowledge, isn't it? It's only two months. No, but what was it Brianna said? You always know how to read my mind. You always know how to read my mind. Because I'm out of practice. I'm out. Oh, how far gone are you? (laughs) Claire's brilliant. She literally holds her daughter's hand for about 30 seconds. Not even, a split second. I'm out of practice. You're pregnant. (laughs) And Brianna's like, Brianna wasn't even surprised. She was like, how did you know? A mother knows. Anyway, but then worse comes to follow, because when uh, she goes, is it, you know... When uh, Brianna has to say it might not be Rogers, and then she's got to admit that she was raped. Yeah, because also she doesn't think it's Rogers because he did the um, withdrawal, withdrawal method, method, which honestly doesn't work. So it could easily still be Rogers. Yeah, but she doesn't know that. Anyway, um, so uh, and also with Claire's knowledge, she probably still thinks the withdrawal method works as well. <laughs> so um, Claire is obviously absolutely horrified, and then she has the terrible news of terrible job having to tell Jamie. She doesn't know how Jamie's going to react because you know, those are fantasy men. He's an 18th century man. And so but she, she doesn't tell him who did it. They, well, Claire doesn't know at that point. It's only when she finds the ring that she knows it's Bonnet. Oh, gosh. So she tells oh Jamie God. that, you know, her, the daughter's been raped and uh, p- pregnant. Jamie seems to take it relatively well. And then she finds out, she finds the ring, and she realises that Stephen Bonnet was the rapist. And Brenda goes, for God's sake, don't tell Jamie, because he'll react, he'll, something will happen, he'll go after him and something will happen to him, so don't tell him. And so reluctantly, Claire agrees. And then uh, Roger turns up. Lucky Roger. Uh, um, who Lizzie spots. Roger, this is again a band away. So Roger <laughs> has. <laughs> Where is it? Just down there. Where, where's Fraser's Ridge? Uh, just there. <laughs> just there, mate. America's not that big. <laughs> Roger has made his way to Fraser's Ridge. We don't know how. We don't need. He's got a compass. I mean, he's got no idea where Fraser's Ridge is. Fraser's Ridge is not on any map, probably. No, I mean, Fraser's Ridge is a name that they've made up. I mean, it doesn't exist as a place. But it's got a compass. And uh, who should bump into him but Lizzie from afar? She doesn't bump into him. She sees him. She spots him. She thinks, obviously, he's the rapist. So, so 
Yeah, she sees him and goes, there's the guy that assaulted um, Brianna. Uh, uh, Brianna. So she tells young Ian, who tells Jamie... And then Lizzie comes. really puts it on thick, like, you know, she was a virgin when he took her. I could smell his seed on her. And you're just thinking, oh, oh too much not. detail for Jamie. Who, obviously, that's his daughter... He must feel really guilty they didn't protect. Well, he, has so many, he has so much guilt about her anyway. And also, he's been there, so he knows how horrific it is. So, uh, yeah. he goes up to Roger and basically beats the shit out of him. So that his face is unrecognisable. That was great makeup, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, the face was just... It was... So he's beaten to a pulp. I mean, in reality, if, 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 if your face had been beaten to that, you're, you're, you'd have such a head injury. You might even be brain damaged. Yeah, you would. You probably would be dead. Yeah. But of course... But this is... Uh, Outlander. Outlander. So he'll probably have a little scratch just above <laughs> his right eyebrow. By next week. By next week. It'll just be this tiny little scratch. <laughs> and because, you know, Jamie did... Anyway, thumps are living daylights out of him and says to Ian, take... Deal with him. Don't kill him because I don't want it on that on you, but just take him away. And that's the end of that episode. So how did you find it? Um, uh, well, I, do you know what, um, bits of it I thought were slow as hell, uh, but I did enjoy, uh, I was going to say, I didn't enjoy Roger having his head, uh, his face kicked in, but I did enjoy the, the, the drama of the last half of that particular episode. It's fine, Maureen. I'm, I'm, it's absolutely fine. I am, I, I, I watched it and I almost thought, I'm looking forward to the next episode. <laughs> Maybe I are, you see? I've said it. Almost. Almost looking forward to it. I'd like to see what happens to poor Roger. Obviously, Jamie is must at some point find out that Roger is Roger. <laughs> and that I don't think Brianna's gonna be very happy. And I also don't think Claire can keep a secret. <laughs> so <laughs> we all know that. So at some point he's gonna find out that it's Stephen Bonnet and not Yeah. And not Yeah. And and the guy that he kicked the crap house off is not Stephen Bonnet. Yeah. So um, there's all that to look forward to. I mean, story-wise, it's great. And I also think at some point, Mercer's going to die. Do you? Oh, yeah, they've got to get rid of him. Mercer's going to go. If not in this series, the beginning of the next. Oh, I don't want Mercer to go. Very upset about that. Do you know what? I think it's like in verse of season three. Because you know, like season three, like the first six episodes were fantastic. And then it kind of... Yeah. Well, we said this what happened because the first six episodes of this were like, yawns. The story is getting really good. So obviously, uh, it's all set up for Brianna and, and Jamie to have a massive falling out, and I bet they've both got similar temperaments. So that's. Do you think be... Brianna and Jamie are going to fall out about well, Roger? Yeah, I mean, oh, if, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. found out the, the man you've been waiting for had come around months ago, whenever she finds out, and then he's been beaten to pulp by your father, <laughs> and he's disappeared, probably not in a hurry to come back, you would be yeah. like, why, yeah. like, why am I trying to save your life? Yeah. 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 So anyways, looking forward to episode 10. We've now caught up. Episode 10, is it? Yeah. So we're doing episode 10, it's episode 10 on Sunday, and then that's it, right? No, there's 13 no. episodes. Oh, there's 13 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> just seen Jen's hopeful face there. That's it, isn't it? That is it. Please tell me, Maureen. I was like, Oh my God, please tell me no, that. that is I think there's 13 episodes this okay, season. Okay, so 13 episodes. Right, oh Jesus, wept. Okay, this is going to take us straight into February. <laughs> okay, fine. So, well anyway, Maureen. It's we'll, been, see, we'll see you soon. We won't see you soon. We'll be back soon. Well, we'll be back next week, won't we? We'll be back next week. Yeah, doing all the same old nonsense. Bye. Okay, bye.